0: good evening i'm so glad you're here I uh, had the privilege of hearing pastor rodney ingram's message on uh, the disciples and he's doing a wonderful job and you can you can get that on your on your uh, YouTube or at the uh, church website but it kind of fired me up on the story of Jesus Christ his transfiguration and there's a lot in it for us to look at and i i hope i can be an encouragement to you i'm in matthew chapter 17 verse 1 and after six days jesus took peter james and john his brother and brought them up to a high mountain apart The place, it was on top of a high mountain, away from all distractions. Christ chose a mountain to teach that privacy helps with our communion with God. Those that would keep a relationship with God must frequently get away from the distractions of the world. They will find themselves nevertheless than when alone for the Father is with them. You're never more with Jesus Christ when you're completely cut off from your distractions. He's taken, he's taken Peter, James, and John up on this mountain. Now, my wife and I have been on a tour of Israel. You can pay a lot of money and go to the mountain they call Mount Transfiguration. They don't know what mountain it was it's never said but somebody's got an idea they've got a mount so they're going to charge money and give tours and uh so be careful of those things but this is a mount in which jesus took a path up to the mountaintop to uh be transfigured i have some thoughts on this he was transfigured it says it it says it's going to be he was transfigured. metamorphosis. I don't know. To change the appearance or form of something. He's going to turn it up. He's going to show his what his appearance is even in heaven. He's going to just glow. He's going to take off his body, his earthly body, and allow his heavenly body to shine. We can do the same. We can turn it up. We can take off our earthly bodies, our earthly interests, and just shine for the Lord. Turn it up. Turn it on. In Second Corinthians five seventeen, Therefore, therefore, if any man is in Christ, he's a Christian. He's a new creature. Behold all things are passed away behold all things in our lives become new it is such a wonderful thing that we that we become new our our old mistakes our past mistakes of our life our sinful mistakes stupid mistakes they can be completely forgotten forgiven and forgotten behold all things become new and all things are of God, who has reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ and has given to us the ministry of reconciliation. To be reconciled is to have our debts forgiven. Your debts are reconciled when they're forgiven, when they're paid. And our our sin debt was paid by Jesus Christ. What an amazing, amazing thing. We have given, been given this ministry of reconciliation. And for that, we are to share it with others. Wow. They saw Jesus in his heavenly form and it changed their lives forever. Second Peter 1.16, for we have not followed cunningly devised fables. We didn't plan this when we made known unto the power, unto you the power and the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, but we were eyewitnesses of His majesty. Do you think it would change you if Jesus Christ just appeared right before you? Well, He did that with the disciples, first without Thomas, then with Thomas, my Lord and my God, Thomas. My goodness, it would change you. However, sitting right up here on our steps, I had an older teenager, maybe 19, sitting in the front pew. And I said to him, would it change your mind about becoming a Christian? If Jesus himself appeared before you right now with his wounds, showing you his hands and his feet. And this, this man said, this young man said, wouldn't change my mind. I don't understand. And then I have to realize there are people like that. They're just built that they, even if they see it, they won't believe it because they want to continue in their sin, in their lifestyle. We were eyewitnesses, for he received from God the Father honor and glory when there came such a voice to him from the excellent glory. And this is what that voice says, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. This is God the Father speaking to James and John and Peter about his Son, THIS IS MY BELOVED SON IN WHOM I AM WELL PLEASED. And THIS VOICE WHICH CAME FROM HEAVEN, WE HEARD IT WHEN WE WERE WITH HIM ON THE HOLY MOUNT. LISTEN, IT'S NOT DEBATABLE. 500 WITNESSES AT ONE TIME SAW HIM, AND THESE WITNESSES CHANGED THE WORLD. OH, MY GOODNESS. IF IT WEREN'T FOR THESE WITNESSES, we probably wouldn't be ministering right now. Christianity wouldn't have been spread out. But because they saw him after his resurrection, they believed and their belief went into their hands and feet and changed them and they went everywhere sharing. It changed his life. It encouraged and motivated him to finish his course Speaking of Peter, finishing his race hebrews twelve one wherefore, seeing we are compassed or circled about with so great a cloud of witnesses, we are surrounded with people. We are surrounded with witnesses. Let us lay aside every weight. Everything that holds us back, let us lay aside the sin which does so easily beset us. And let us, let us run our race. Hmm, that's wonderful. He, we have a race to run, but He will be running the race with us, with us, looking, looking unto Jesus the author and finisher of our faith my goodness the author and finisher of our faith i you've got to keep jesus in your mind in the forefront to finish your race you have to have your eyes on the finish line i've had some races as a as a teenager in which i was out in front Because I was sprinting and I didn't save enough for the end. And then I fell into the cinders. I didn't finish my race. I walked over the finish line. Let us run with patience the race that is set before us. Looking to Jesus who is the author and the finisher of our faith. Listen, it changed Peter. changed his life. When you meet with Jesus regularly, it changes your life. Matthew seventeen, three, And behold, there appeared unto Moses and Elijah talking with him. There appeared unto them Moses and Elijah talking with him. They who have died in Christ are not perished, but exist in a separate wonderful state and shall come forth when the occasion arises i wonder i wonder if at that point in jesus's ministry and i hope this isn't this isn't challenging or sacrilege but jesus was also a man he had like feelings like we have like passions and i wonder if i wonder if elijah and moses didn't come to encourage him it's going to be okay, Lord. You're going to get through. So God the Father sent sent Elijah and Moses, people from the representing the Old Testament, the law and the prophet. And it's it's an amazing thing that it's an amazing thing that G, that Jesus might need encouragement as well. There are those around you, That need encouragement. Now they're not going to say to you. I need encouragement. No. But you have to have your spiritual antennas up. And be ready. To encourage others. Not discourage. Oh at this time in, in history. At your time in this history. People don't need discouragement. There's plenty around. Just turn on the news. All day long. Discouragement. Be an encourager. Help to put courage in to people. There appeared unto them Moses and Elijah talking with him. They who have died in Christ. They're not gone. They're just someone somewhere else. Please remembering that. First Thessalonians 4.13 I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, Concerning them which have died, that you sorrow not, even as others which have no hope. I've done hundreds of of funerals. I've done dozens and dozens of, of funerals for our own people. You can tell the difference between the death of a born-again saint and the death where you're not sure where they're going. You can tell from the spirit, from uh, even even the joy and the laughter that sometimes happens in, uh, in, the, in the funeral home. Remembering him and having the hope that they will see, we will see them again. And that verse 14 is kind of critical. Let's look at that. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again... Even so, them also which sleep in Jesus, who are dead in Jesus, will God bring with him. I love that. God will bring them, those that have passed away, having Jesus Christ in their heart, they passed away, they, they have woken up from their death to a glorious, glorious life and lifestyle in heaven with no pain or suffering. God will bring them with him when he comes back for this we say to you for the word of the lord that we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the lord shall not prevent them which are asleep those that have died for the lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout with the voice of the archangel and with the trump of god and the dead in christ their bodies shall rise first Moses and Elijah appeared to the disciples. They saw them. They heard them. And neither by their talking or by in, by what they told Christ, they knew them to be Moses and Elijah. I can't believe they had name tags. Moses, 1400 BC. Elijah, 500, 600 bc a little later than that probably but they knew who they were they recognized them glorified saints shall know one another in heaven i just heard from one of our own older saints sitting on his couch and he made the comment to me i don't know that i'll know her his passed away wife and I said, oh, yes, you will. Glorified saints will know one another in heaven. Keep that in your mind. They know us. You will know this. I, I remember being in the military myself for so long. I was, on, I was on the USS Simon Lake. I was on the USS Simon Lake for like six years. I'll tell you that story later but when a dignitary would walk up the gangplank they would blow this whistle and they would say they would say north atlantic commander arriving they would say mayor arriving they would say governor arriving captain of the so and so arriving it's just me i don't know if it's true but i think When our loved ones or you and I get there to heaven, I don't think there's a gangplank, but there might be an announcement made. Dave McClanahan arriving and all those that uh, loved and knew Dave McClanahan will gather on that shore called heaven and greet me when I get there. Greet you when you get there. That's just me. That's that's what I think. Probably not true, but it makes me have faith in the future. I also thought that we need to remember to give encouragement to others. It is possible that Christ needed the encouragement of these Old Testament saints, people that he Himself honored and helped through their ministry and life. I'm in Matthew 17:4. Then answered Peter and said to, to Jesus, "Lord, it is good for us to be here. If you will it, if you want it, let us make here three tabernacles: one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah." And again, this is just how Peter thinks. It's his thought patterns. He wants to honor. He wants to honor Moses and Elijah. Even though on a high mountain, which we may suppose to be very rough and hard and maybe unpleasant, suppose it to be very, very cold and windy. Yet it is good to be here. It is good to be there. The soul that loves Christ, the soul that loves to be with him, Loves to go and tell him so. It is good for us to be here, he said. Peter wanted to build something. What did Moses and Elijah have, have need of on something of earth? <laughs> they belong to that blessed world where they hunger no more, nor does the sun even light upon them. Peter may have thought, this is it, heaven On earth. We made it. I made it. All my mistakes of my past. And he has some more to make. I am here. He might have thought maybe this is heaven. It's just an interesting thought. We made it. There. Is a proneness in good men. To expect the crown. Without the cross. Peter was for laying hold of this as the prize though he had not yet fought his fight yet he had not finished his course yet there is a proneness in good men to expect the crown without the cross matthew 17:5 while he yet spoke behold behold a bright cloud overshadowed them and behold a voice out of the cloud, which said, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Hear ye him, listen to him. Wow. What a, what a moment. What a moment, a voice coming down out of heaven. This is my beloved son. In whom I am well pleased. And I believe that we. I believe. That's, that's for any of us. Who do those things that please the Lord. That's another. That's another principle I try to live by. To do those things which. Please the Lord. To not do those things which. Don't please the Lord. Should I do this or this? Well which one pleases the Lord the most. And whom I am well pleased. Not only hear him, but obey him. Obedience is better than sacrifice. Obedience is better than worship. Not only hear him, but obey him. Many instances in the Holy Bible teach us that you can be religious, but lost. You can be religious, but lost. I think of Nicodemus. Nicodemus, you... A teaching Pharisee must be born again now think of the Pharisees, very religious, but lost. Well, wow. this is my beloved son. Hear him. you know we hear him when we open up our Bible every day, when we read the scriptures, no matter what book of the Bible we're reading. We acknowledge that Jesus is telling John to say what he says, to, to write what he wrote, Matthew, Mark, and Luke to write what they wrote. We hear him when we, when we read the scriptures. As I sat in my office I I realized there was no thunder, there was no lightning. There was no trumpet as there were when the Ten Commandments were given by Moses, but only a voice, a still, small voice, and that came not with a strong wind or an earthquake or fire, as when God spoke to Elijah, but a still, small voice. This is my Son, in whom I am well pleased. Oh, that that could become a lifestyle for you and me. And when the disciples heard that voice, they fell on their their face and were very afraid. 7, verse 7. And Jesus came and touched them and said, Arise, be not afraid. And sometimes I feel like that happens to me during my devotion time. I get entrenched with the word and in my prayer time, and I feel like, I feel like I I get a touch from God. To to get a touch from God, to get a touch from Him, fall on your face, emblematic of prayer, and worship Him. It is Christ by His Word and the power of His grace going along with it that raises up good men from their depressions raises up good men from their fears be not afraid he says he raises up them from their disappointments yes this has been a disappointing time it's just a time in our our lives that we won't forget and it's possible that even this coronavirus It's just a dry run of something worse that's coming. And worse and worse, be not afraid. He's in charge. Don't be afraid. Please arise, be not afraid. And when they lifted up their eyes, they saw no man, verse 8, except Jesus only. Remember, they hoped this had been the day of Christ's entrance into his kingdom. They hope that his public appearance in that way that they had dreamed of. But imagine how they are disappointed when everything was back to normal. We're coming back to church someday soon. But it will never be normal what we remember it to be. Things are going to be different. Please help us. Help us by not complaining about the changes that we have to make in order to protect our people, to protect one another. But we have to remember our past is going to change. Our past, things will never be just like they were before we started. People are going to be more separated from one another sitting. There may or may not be hymnals in the pews. We might have to do all of our singing off of the PowerPoint. We might have to do all of our worship in a different way. There may not be bulletins to pass out. Human hands can touch those and pass them on. There definitely won't be much handshaking or hugging. Definitely we have to be careful. You may not be, it may not be bothering you as much. And you, where's your faith? Well with others they're more they're more concerned than maybe you are. Others here in our church, uh they have young grandchildren or young children, and they're afraid to be able to take the virus home to them. So please remember we might have to make some changes. We might have to make some uh big changes. Things will not be what they were before. But that's okay. As long as we can gather as a church and worship our Lord, as we can gather as a body of believers, it's okay. Please be patient. Normal. What's normal? They thought it was over. Well, it's not over yet. They had much work to do. They had to each run their race and finish their course, which in most cases was martyrdom to die for the cause of Christ. Second Timothy 4, verse 6. Paul says to Timothy, I am now ready to be offered. The time of my departure or my death is at hand. He says, I have fought a good fight i have finished my course i have kept the faith speaking of that course god has one for you too god has a course a plan for you to be useful to the overall body of christ to be useful to jesus christ where we might hear well done thou good and faithful servant he says i have kept the faith And then in verse 8, he goes on. Henceforth, there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness. From now on, there's laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day. And not to me only, but unto all them that also love his appearing. Love, keeping it in the forefront of your mind. Always remembering that Jesus is coming back. It won't always be like this. Remember that, please. In Acts chapter 20, verse 22, And now, behold, I go bound in the Spirit to Jerusalem, Paul says, not knowing the things that shall befall me there. I don't know what's going to happen, except that the Holy Ghost witnesses in every city saying the bonds and afflictions abide on me but none of these things move me neither count i my life dear unto myself so that i might finish my course with joy i might finish my course with joy and the ministry which i have received of the lord to testify the gospel of Jesus Christ. Wow. This is a time where we can prosper. We can grow. We can grow together individually and together we can grow. Let's not waste that time. Moses and Elijah were great men. In different ways, they were favorites of heaven, evidently, but they were Moses and Elijah both had weaknesses, both committed sins, lack of faith, uh depression moments, they were both uh, just people, servants that God was not always well pleased with. Moses spoke unadvisedly, Elijah was a man. Subject to depression. But Christ is the son of God and in him God was always well pleased. We also should try to live our lives to please him. To do and speak only those things that please him. It was impossible for them to doubt that he was truly the son of God. Second Peter 1:17, he received from God the Father honor and glory. And when there came such a voice to him from the excellent glory, this is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. And this voice which came from heaven, we heard it when we were with him on the mount. Again, Second Peter chapter one, seventeen and eighteen. There came a voice. Wow, these Peter, James, and John saw Jesus in his glory. So what does Jesus look like? I skip to Revelation one hundred thirteen, and in the midst of the seven candlesticks there was one like unto the Son of Man, clothed with a garment down to the foot, gird about the The chest with golden girdle. in Verse 14. His head and his hairs were white as wool. As white as snow. And his eyes were as a flame of fire. Wow. On that mount. Jesus turned it up. He turned it on. He showed his magnificence. And I'm not so sure it was it was for Peter, James, and John. It was also to remind himself that he is the Son of God. He is the Lord Jesus Christ. He turned it up. He turned it on. We can do that too. I know that at least for me, when I sit down and read the scriptures, when I get up, I'm different. I feel different. Even if it's a passage of scripture that I have read a hundred times, reading the word of God and doing my cat's prayer daily is something that turns it on inside me, reminds me that this isn't all there is. That God has a plan for our world and for our lives individually and church-wise. Turn it up. Turn it on. Let his presence and glory wash over you. Let it light your fire. Make this be the image at the end of your course, your race. Hebrews twelve two. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, keeping your mind on him, setting your eyes upon, upon him, Don't get your eyes all distracted. Keep your minds on him. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him, for the joy that is set before us, he endured the cross and we each have a cross to bear. We are to endure our crosses as well. I promise you, your cross that you're having to bear isn't as bad as what Jesus had to bear. And yet even on that cross, when our sins were placed upon him, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? I promise you your cross, even if it's a lifetime cross, is not as bad as dying on the cross for Jesus, like Jesus did. (sighs) Who for the joy that was set before him, Heaven. He was about to go to heaven. He endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down on the right hand of the throne of God. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. By the way, mountaintop experiences don't always last. But how many times must Christ prove himself to you? Would you pray with me? Lord, it's a Sunday night before Memorial Day. There's probably few that are really listening. But I pray, Lord, for those few, that, Lord, they will look into their heart. Imagine that, that fire in them. Don't let it go out. Help us, dear Lord, to turn it up and to shine our life as you did on the Mount of Transfiguration. Let us, Lord, shine our lives as well. Let us, Lord, turn it on. Let us, Lord, turn it up. Turn it up. In Jesus' name.